what's up y'all it is another episode of dear christian black girl i am one of your hosts jerry alicia and y'all i got my sisters with me this week sisters i'm gonna need for you to introduce yourselves so the people can know who y'all are who we got first up Hey, boo. Hey, it is your girl, Takesha. I am so excited to be back for Dear Christian Black Girl, our second week here in 2023, where we are talking about all things love. I am your co-host, Takesha. I'm an author, a speaker, a coach, a wife, a mama, and all the things. But most of all, I am God's daughter, and that is the best title that I could ever carry. Hey, Tiff, you rocking with us tonight? Yes. Hello, Tiffany. Hello, sisters. Yes, I am in the building tonight. Sorry, you guys, I wasn't here last week, but I'm here today. Um, My name is Tiffany Dillard. I am also the co-host for Dear Christian Black Girl. I am also the founder and CEO of New Voice Books. Thank you, ladies, for the shout out from last week. Um, I am an author, um, a motivational speaker. I'm also a wife, a mom, and also a daughter of God, which I am learning how to stand and operate in that position. That so, I'm just, yeah, I'm ready for tonight's uh, conversation about love. Yes. So I realized that I didn't properly introduce myself. I feel like y'all know who I am, but just in case you don't, just in case you're new, just in case you're, you know, listening on one of our podcast platforms and you've never heard us before. I am Jerry Alicia. I am a graphic designer. I I am a certified coach and mentor, and I help women dealing with infertility, miscarriage, or infant loss to learn how to wait with purpose. I, what else do I do? Yeah, I just do all the things, right? I'm a wife, um, I'm a daughter, I'm God's daughter. I'm I'm all of that and whatever else God's, God wants me to be. So that's who I am. So we are so happy that y'all are with us on tonight. It is love month, it is black history month. So we are going to talk about all the things. First up, my sister Takesha is going to hit us with a Black History Spotlight on today. Takesha, who are we talking about on today? Yes. Hey, Black people. Hey, Black people. Hey, Black people. (laughs) Happy Black (laughs) History Month, which is the world's history. But we get the opportunity to call Spotlight even more uh, to the contributions of Black people in the United States of America and really all around the world. And so this week, uh, we are uh, spotlighting Miss Amanda Berry Smith. Uh, Miss Amanda Berry Smith was born into slavery at Long Green, Maryland. She was married in 1854 to Calvin M. Devine and her conversion followed two years later. After her husband died in the Civil War, she moved to Philadelphia and married James Smith and ordained deacon at Mother Bethel African African Methodist Episcopal AME Church. Let me get it right. After visiting Green Street Church in Philadelphia, where she heard John S. Inskip, a prominent Wesleyan holiness leader, preach, she testified that she had received her sanctification there. Following the death of her second husband in 1869, she traveled as a holiness evangelist, becoming a popular speaker in many churches and camp meetings. Smith's friendship, including prominent holiness and prohibition movement leaders, such as Hannah Whittall Smith and Francis Willard. Her overseas ministry began with a visit to England in 1878. From there, Smith went to India as a missionary, 
Methodist Bishop James N. Thurburn thought so highly of her that he wrote the introduction to her autobiography in 1893. In Africa, she worked with Methodist missionaries, including Bishop William Taylor. She was honored by African-Americans and whites alike. Smith spent her last years caring for needy African-American children at her or orphanage in Harvey, Illinois. She was also connected to the founding of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, also known as the NAACP. Her spiritual fervor and cause for justice in society and her work and missions inspired an expanded role for women in ministry, particularly within the AME and Methodist churches. That is our spotlight for Miss Evangelist Amanda Barry Smith. I mean, she was. She said that we gonna do what it do. I mean, she I'm, said if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I love. I just feel like she. she just, I just want to go back in the lab and just like do all that God has called me to do after reading that. My right. Lord. <laughs> right. That Absolutely. was a lot. Yeah, so that was our Black History Spotlight for evangelist Amanda Barry Smith. That was really good. I had never, uh, in preparation for this episode, I had never heard of her, but I'm so glad that I was able to find that out because that was very inspiring. It really All is. All right, y'all, we got an icebreaker. So Takesha put a post up not too long ago. Um, just promoting the episode for tonight. And she said that, actually, Takesha, you read it. You're here. I don't need to speak <laughs> for you. Um, we're talking about what um, movie makes you think about love. So Takesha's going to go first, and then I'll go, and then Tiffany will go. You know, it's so funny because there are so many amazing movies about love, but anytime I think about having a conversation about love, um, brown sugar comes to mind and i love the question um that sana and um who, oh gosh i forgot who was she talking to was it it wasn't omar Epps. who was sana talking tay diggs. tay diggs thank you tiffany i couldn't think my brain drew a blank but it always makes me think about that conversation that they were having when they asked like when did you fall in love with hip-hop and they begin to kind of reminisce on the music and all that stuff. So that's always one of my favorite movies when I think about starting a conversation about love. But we know that love is all encompassing. So Tiffany, when you think about love, what movie comes to mind? Brown Sugar was the one that I was going to say, but I can move to my next favorite, which is Love and Basketball. Ooh, tell us why. Tell us why. Tiffany, yes. So, because it talks about, like, childhood love evolving. And um, and that's the kind of love that really doesn't get highlighted a lot, where you kind of have that person. Like, it does, yeah, it doesn't get highlighted in the way that people think, like, oh, you will stay together with that person for a long time. And some people have been in relationships together since their childhood, like teens or things like they may have kind of like you know separated as they grew in life but at the same time this is a childhood friend or best friend and that relationship turned into a romantic relationship so that movie really highlights that because those you know Sanaa Lathan and Omar Epps were best friends in that movie and yeah they kind of grew apart as they grew you know went to college and things you know kind of went into their own lanes especially when they got to when they was in high school but 
if you really look think about it they really kind of knew in their hearts like i really i'm really feeling you but you know we ain't need to be in that type of space at this point in time and then they end up being together and getting married so that movie just kind of makes helps me to understand that that childhood love that young love can last a lifetime that's so good i love how you pulled that out because we often don't hear about those kind of relationships um so you're right i like that what about you jerry what what movie is it that makes you think about love so tiffany stole mine so i'm gonna go <laughs> with my my second option which is the best man hear me out hear me out the best man had a lot of drama i admit it, it was a lot going on in the best man Folks thought was writing about who they slept with and all that. But I like it because it doesn't just show, you know, relationship love or romantic love. It also show how you love your friends and how even if, you know, something has happened, that you can get through that when you love each other. So I, I really do like that, the whole Best Man franchise. I like it. And you know what? That is so bomb because it absolutely, I think, just like you said, that it not only talked about romantic love, it talked about friendship and relational love and family love. And that, you know, basically is our conversation tonight. We're talking about love is and we're talking about it from a perspective of romantic love, uh, friendships, family relationships and how important love is. Uh, to the relationships that we have and how important it is to making sure that these type of relationships last. Tiff, like you said, that childhood love, you know what I mean? Like you may grow up and grow apart, but come back together and be solidified. That's so important. And like you said, Jerry, like all the mess that went down in The Best Man, but it's still one of my favorite movies too. Yes. <laughs> the me the Listen, it was mess, but it was real life situations though. Let's, right. let's just be real because when you have different people from different backgrounds, you know, love looks different to different people. And so different people act different ways. And so that's why I really loved the movie because it was well-rounded to me. It was. It was absolutely well-rounded and and I think that's probably why the movie is so popular because the love conversation wasn't one-sided, right? You saw friends who became brothers, friends who became sisters. You know what I mean? Like you saw that whole dynamic of love and like, like with us, right? Our relationship grew, you know, just from meeting each other socially on social media to us being a true sisterhood and loving each other and expressing that love in so many different ways. So I'll ask you, Tiffany, what's important when it comes to love and your friendships and your sisterhoods? Why is that important? Love is important to me, especially when it's pure and it's honest. Um, and when it, does, when it doesn't have conditions attached to it. Um, now y'all yeah. know me this whole sisterhood thing i had threw that in a barrel and set it on fire and was rolling it down the hill i would can we just pause can right there and, and do about story that? time real quick Let's go, go because there. we finna talk about you on tonight <laughs> let's go there so, let's go there Okay, people, let's let's go ahead and talk about the history of <laughs> us three amigos here. <laughs> now, now, 
when I met Jerry and Takesha, I met them. I met Jerry first for business purposes, and I met Takesha on Facebook in her um in her group, uh, the Intentional Love Affair. Yes, she is a wife coach, so check her out. Hey. And, um. So go ahead, self plug. Yep. That was that was the base of our friend our relationship. Takesha was my wife coach on Facebook. Jerry was my graphic designer for New Voice Books. That's all I needed. That's all I wanted. And the reason being is because I had just, outside of my family, like I have a lot of cousins. So they're like been my friends for forever. And it's funny because my cousin was just reminding us the other day about how our grandfather always told us we didn't need no friends. We had enough cousins. Mm -hmm. We were each other's friends, so we didn't need no friends. And I stuck to that motto. You know, everybody else had little friends, but I had one friend when I was growing up, Timothy. We've been knowing each other since we were seven. But when I really thought about it, like, a lot of my friends just been my cousins, my family. Um, So me upon meeting Jerry and Takesha, I had just came out of a friendship with three other women that was very just childish to me because it was like when you tell me that you're a communicator i expect for you to communicate with me mm -hmm. so if you have feelings if, if you have something that if i've said something you to it in a certain way are you feeling a certain type of way about something if you say that you know the first time i meet you and we're getting to know each other and we're kind of putting expectations on the table and one thing you say to me is that i'm a communicator i like to talk i like to communicate and then when it comes to a situation that you don't communicate you just get in your feelings and then we have to kind of figure out what the problem is that irritates me because that makes it seem like that we're in high school and I'm not a Girl Scout troop, so I'm not gonna conduct myself with you like we girls. Not, Scout not a Girl Scout troop. Wait a <laughs> minute! Did you say Girl Scout troop? Yeah. What I'm is happening? You know what like is happening? She just took a whole oath with you with the brownies or the Girl Scouts, whichever one you kind of got to. I ain't doing it. Like we, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna be friends. We're going to have highs and lows, but, you know, let's communicate. Let's talk. You know, let's not just be like side eye and like, oh, well, this person will remove themselves from the group chat. OK, what's wrong? <laughs> so that was a situation that was going on. Now, me, I'm a person that I get to know each person individually because I want to get to know the individual. And then I love to see how those individuals come together. And then it brings a great dynamic with the group. So with Jerry, um, it was just business. So when I met her and I got connected to her, I, I literally got connected to her by being on one of Takesha's lives. And she had talked about a logo or something. And she shouted, she gave, you know, Jerry a plug. And so she shouted out Jerry in her, in her business. So I was like, oh, let me go check her out. That was it. Me and Jerry for a while was doing business. And the only communication that me and Jerry had was through Facebook Messenger and email. In so let me mind. break this down. I'm finna interrupt you real quick. Let me break this down. When she says for a while, she she means more than a year. Like I'm your whole graphic designer, but I don't have your phone number. How does that work? I just want to know how that works. Yeah. 
she didn't. And y'all, every time I would say, yeah, give me a call, she would never call me. She would always inbox me on Facebook, and I felt some type of way. I just wanted that to be known. Thank you very much. <laughs> because I tell your side I, of the I, story, I, Tiff. I, you know what? Because I was like, no, it's no point of me having, you know, just the, let's just be honest here. I was like, no, what is the point of you be calling you? We are we are perfectly communicating with each other view messenger and email. It wasn't like that Jerry was like four or five days, you know, she took four or five days before she responded back to my email. Like if she didn't respond to my email within that day, and that depends on when I sent her the email. If it was early, she was responding back then. And we literally would have conversations in the emails. So my thing is that I don't, I don't, I don't have to get to know you on that level where we got to get personal. We exchanging people's numbers and your name is in my contacts. <laughs> Do y'all know that meme that says this meeting could have been an email? Well, just reverse it for me and Tiffany. This email could have been a short phone call. <laughs> we didn't have 20 email exchanges. That could have been a five minute phone call. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all because of the love and the trust of sisterhood and friendship for me was not safe. Mm. Oh, say that it again. Was not That's good. It was not, the love and friendship and, and trust of sisterhood. It wasn't safe for me. So I'm like, let me just like I was, I'm, I was, I'm the wife that would say my husband is my best friend, which he is supposed to be my best friend. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like best friend, best friend, best friend. Like I'm trying to do things with my husband that he looking at me like I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't do that. And I'm like, why? Why you? You know, you don't want. To, and then I make it personal to him. You don't want to spend time with your wife. And he's like, that ain't husband things. That's you need some friends like that ain't what i'm supposed to be doing you taking me in the lane that i don't belong in <laughs> so, that's funny you know because i felt like when he opened the door to going and getting a pedicure with me okay we can do other things he's like no 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 that that's that's for my pleasure that's because i like that that ain't because that ain't got nothing to do with you you need to get you some friends see that like, seriously he so. gave you the boot. He was like, no, no, sis. No. <laughs> he was yeah. like, no, I'm not doing all that. Yeah. No, Find like, you not. some girls to do that with because I'm not. Yeah. That's not a wife card. You can't pull a wife card on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pull a wife card. You know, no, you, you can't do that. That's literally like your, you call your girlfriends with that and you go do that. Like, you can't pull a wife card on that. Don't try that. You tried it. <laughs> and it's a no. Funny. Yeah, but that's that's so good because you know like you started you said that your your grandpa said like your cousins that's your friends that's all you need right like and i think that a lot of people grow up like that like whether you have siblings or a, a lot of cousins like like with my family we didn't need to invite other people to our birthday parties and when we started having kids we didn't need to invite friends to their birthday parties either because right. it was enough of us you know but I think to your husband's point of pushing you out there to make new friends after 
experiencing hurt in friendships was very important because as we know as women right we need friends outside of our husbands like i can do every single thing with my husband okay i mean not that he may want to but i like being with him you know what i mean and i think that sometimes we can find ourselves in these bubbles when we are married that we're like no i don't need any friends i didn't want any friends either jerry can attest to that it was just like that kind of thing like i got my sisters i got my cousins we, like you tiffany we could talk on social media like do y'all see this pattern though like i wanted to be friends and they was just like yeah no but it wasn't you i know <laughs> right and i think i think that as we're talking about this conversation of love um, and other women out there who may, you know, be like, you know, Tiffany or like me, where we're just like, yeah, no, I don't want to go down that road again. Opening yourself up to meeting new people, opening yourself up to, you know, exploring friendships because friendships are dope. Like you having friends who are dope is just like, it's priceless. Tell us about your experience with friends, Jerry, because you you are the common denominator here with me and Tiffany. And you were just like, yes, let's be friends. Let's go to the mall. Call me. And me and Tiffany both was like, I don't know about that. So why, why, what has your experience with loving relationships, loving friendships been that you were willing to take a chance with me and Tiffany? So that's very interesting because my mom would say, that I throw people away, which is wait, not true, wait, mom, by wait, the way. Wait, wait, <laughs> Mama Pastor P say you throw people away? Yes. Oh, okay, but we'll, we'll talk about that. So put a pin in that. So, cause you got a mess <laughs> like me and Tiff, but we'll, we'll go there. Go ahead, tell us, tell us exactly. why you were the friend magnet. Go ahead. Let me explain. So I have always been friendly since I was younger. Uh, if my cousin Adrian was on here, she would tell you that I was a very emotional child. Like I would just cry for no reason. So I've always been sensitive, but I've always been friendly. And so I've never had issues getting friends. I could just be at school sitting at my desk and I'll have like three friends, right? It, it was never an issue for me. Uh, the issue came with when people do certain things, Y'all know me. So when people do certain things, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't need that in a friend. And so you will fall out. There'll be a disagreement, whatever the case is. And so, and then I wouldn't be as close to that person anymore. I would still like that person. I would still say hey to that person. If I see that person in three days, I'm not mad no more because I, I have the type of personality. And I think just God just graced me this way that being mad stresses me out. So it's a no for me, right? And so with friends, I literally have seasons of friends. I can literally like look over my life where I have seasons of friends and then things happen. And I'm just like, God, what is this? This is this is crazy, Lord, because why are we not friends no more? And I, I still don't understand it, but I, I know that God has me like this for a reason. So I've had seasons of friends. My mom will tell you that I throw people away. It's not true. I don't throw people away. I just have standards in friendship. And if people decide not to meet those standards and they're not even like super high standards where you got to call me seven days a week that that that's not my testimony i'm not that friend however the way you talk to me 
the way we interact with each other. It has to be above board because if not, then I can't do it. Because the, the other part is I have an attitude problem. I know I have an attitude problem in some situations. And so if you're my friend or quote unquote and something happens and your attitude is not above board, then I'm going to have an attitude. Then I'm going to be mad, which, is, which means that I'm going to be stressed out, which means that I'm going to have to go in my prayer class. It's too much for me, right? And so I've had seasons of friends. And so it's funny because before right before i met you guys uh because me so back so me and takisha actually met before we met right so we met years ago in a facebook wife group then we didn't talk like we never talked or anything and then i just popped up at her book china one day i was like hey girl um and so we've been close ever since then i'm not lying (laughs) I, i literally just popped up and so but back then when we were in the same wife group, um, I had a different, I had a friend um, who was also in the same wife group, but we fell out because of something. And we didn't even fall out because of the thing. We fell out because of how she reacted to the thing and the things she said to me. Well, number, okay, I'm not going there because I will get mad. Not doing that no. tonight. <laughs> not doing that tonight. But my point is I've had seasons of friends and I've learned over time was that that it's not that I throw people away or don't want to be around people. It's just that I have standards in friendship, just like I have standards in relationship. There are certain things my husband will never say to me. There are certain things my friends will never say to me. Or we won't be friends again. And it's that simple. Um, But one thing that I am thankful for is that even with my standards in friendship, God has allowed me to forgive quickly. And so people sometimes think it's weird. Oh, you don't talk to such and such again. You must don't like her. No, she's great. She is absolutely amazing. I am so proud of her from afar. And so, yeah, that's that's my friendship story. Um, I have standards of friends. I have friends that have moved away and we just don't talk like that anymore, which is fine. Um, but I did ask God, like, before I met you guys, I asked God, I was like, God, I'm, I'm tired of this season of friends. Like, I, I need some friends that's going to stay, Lord. I need people to talk to. I need people to go eat with. Like, what is happening, Lord? I need people. And so he said, y'all, and here we are. And here we are. We are talking about love. We are talking tonight about relational love. Uh, This broadcast is being recorded for our international podcast. So if you have stepped into the room uh, to hear us live, thank you for being here with us. We do appreciate it. Myself, Tiffany, and Jerry are your hosts of Dear Christian Black Girl. And this month here in February, you know, it's the month of love. We have Valentine's Day and so many weddings and anniversaries and so many things. It's just love is all over the place. And so tonight we are continuing our conversation from last week about love. What is love? And tonight we're talking about relational love, how love looks um, in platonic relationships. We're going to be talking about what love looks like in our marital or intimate, you know, relationships and all that kind of stuff. And so we're just talking about relationships and friendships amongst girlfriends and how important standards are. And Jerry, I'm so glad that you brought that up because standards are so important. When I think about love, and I know you ladies can chime in here, 
a lot of people probably got a bad batch of love or what we thought was love before we actually stumbled upon what love is. Um, I know that all three of us are women of God and we understand uh, that God is love. We understand the standard of God's love, but we may have been introduced to uh, somebody else's, I'll say it this way, somebody else's definition of love uh, before we actually got the concept of what true love was. And, and to your point, Jerry, of the standard, sometimes we have friendships and relationships um, that make that try to make us kind of like come up to their standards or their expectations, and then they keep moving the bar. Right. You know, like you got to do this or be that for me to express love or show love to you. But when it comes to having healthy relationships, we have to know that we have to focus on what God says love is in order for that love to show up as true. Because, you know, even when our feelings change, even when the weather changes, even when things, you know, aren't the way that they used to be, the standard of, lo of love, when we base it on what God says, will never change, which means that our love for people will never change. The way we relate to people may change, right? Tiffany was talking about that, you know, that childhood love, you may grow up and grow apart. The way we relate to people with our love may be very different, but how we, the standard of our love will never change. We just may relate to people differently. And so we were talking about friendship. So let's, let's, let's switch it up a little bit and talk about like love and marriage and intimate relationships. What do you think about that, Tiffany? And why is love so important when it comes to marriage and dating and that kind of situation? So when you're in a relationship with somebody, especially intimate and romantic, you have to get past a, a place of liking them only. Um, because this is a person that you're going to experience life with. And when I say experience life, that means you're, you're going to experience life within, you know, your own personal space. You know, family members may pass away. You know, somebody may lose a job. Somebody, you know... It's a lot of ups and downs to life to not love that person that you are in a relationship with. Um, it's too much of a committed, like you're committing your time and space to someone to not, you know, and, and giving all of that to someone. And also you're giving of yourself to someone because that person is seeing you in a light that no one sees you on the outside unless they actually grew up with you. And even if they grew up with you at some point, things change from how they experienced you as when you got older and it started experiencing life. So loving, having love, real love in your relationship matters. And the reason why I say emphasize on real love is because what we learn within the world pertaining to what love is, is not real. It's conditional. Say that if, one more time. Say that one more time. <laughs> so what the world shows us when it comes to love is not real love. It's conditional. Mm, You're good. only loving me as long as I can do this, that, and the other. That's why we don't really understand or can receive unconditional love, i.e. from God, because we don't know what unconditional love is, because it's God's love shows us what unconditional love is. 
And we'll say, well, you know, our, we as parents, you know, are say, well, we, I love my child unconditionally. And, and there are some parents that do. But then there are some parents because their love from their parent has been conditioned. They love their children as under a certain condition. If you're doing this, you're, you know, if you're this perfect child and you don't give me no problems, then I love you. But what if that child doesn't meet your expectations? What if your husband doesn't or wife does not meet your expectations? What if like within us, what if something happens within our sisterhood that, you know, where we may offend one another? Would your love kind of differ from one situation to the other? because of what happened and if it does then you're only loving that person based off conditions so i've come into agreement with you i've come into a term contract on conditions pertaining to how you how i can receive your love other than you really loving me unconditional so no matter what the situation is okay you unconditional love means that i understand and i know your character so I know you and your character as a person. So when you're doing something sideways, I know that that's not you. So that means that I know that something's going on with inside of you because this is not your character. And we should be able to love people enough to where we should know their character. But if it's only conditional, then that means that I'm only loving you based off the experiences and what I can per these conditions, per these terms on how you kind of flow with me in these conditions, in these experiences. And if you're not kind of flowing how I want you to flow, then it's a problem because as much as we say that we're communicators, a lot of people aren't. A lot of people like to test the water. Well, test them, test them girl or test her and see how she do. No, just be upfront and let somebody know this is how I want to be loved. I never understood that. I really just, I just always thought it was weird. <laughs> it is weird. It it's is. Weird to have to, because my thing is that if every time I turn around, I'm testing, like, what if I, if I pass this test, what am I getting? Another one. Pretty much. Exactly. I'm not getting, what, you're not giving me any value. No, there's no value that's coming behind this test. So Ooh. you just testing me and testing me, but you're not giving me anything on behind it. So what is the point of me continuing to put forth the effort to study, to get to know you, to be intentional with you? What is the point of me doing all that when I'm not getting anything of value from you? Mm. So it's no point. So love is the core, but you have to start with liking people. You You got to like people before you love them. I don't know. Some people say I love them at first sight. And hey, that may be what it is. I can't really argue the point, but I just feel like you have to like someone. Once you like them, you start to love them. And then once you love them, your love grows and builds. So you can't tell me that you're loving this person when you got I do not love my husband the same that I when I loved him when we got married in 2007. We're mm -hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. Our love has grown because I've had, I've seen, when I met my husband and I married my husband, my husband was 27, I was 24. We're 39 and 44 now. Mm -hmm. My love has transitioned for my husband. 
I've in 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 being honest, I had to relearn how to love him. That part, right? Because at a at a point in time, with my great teachers, Coach Cassandra and Takesha, <laughs> I was loving my husband based off world, you know, the world um, standards. I'm cooking for him. I'm cleaning. He ain't got no nagging wife, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, we have fun. We, you know, the basic things that you would think a wife is supposed to be because that's what we're trained to be. Yes. Your wife does this, the wife does that. But it was, I wasn't being Michael's wife. I was being the image of a wife for Michael. And that's mm. a difference. Break that down. Yeah, that is a big difference. So the image is that I can, I'm going to give it to you just like our, our big sister Keisha gave it to us the other day. And me and my husband were just talking about this the other day. Um, what the world tells us that we need to be for, um, for our husbands, a wife for our husbands is everything that literally our husbands can buy. Yep. Oh, they yeah. can outsourceable, outsourceable products. Yeah, that's what it was. I couldn't get the word in. She, he can outsource. He can find somebody to cook for him. He can find somebody to do his laundry. He can find somebody to talk to. He can find somebody to have sex with. He can find someone, you know, just to show up and you don't know, be a companion, buddy, or to show up for events if he just needs somebody at an event. Those are things that he can outsource. But as women and men, we assume that because we're doing all those things, then we we fit in a position. But we're only coming, we're only presenting ourselves as the image of because when somebody asks us, well, what's your husband's favorite color? I don't know. What, what is something that what's what's his favorite food? What's his what was his favorite food then? Have you seen a change in his foods? What how, what he likes to eat now? I don't know. You know, what is, you know, y'all used to do this, you know, in the beginning, like my husband likes to bowl and he likes to, you know, play pool. But I didn't know that my husband bowled league at one point in time. So you have to get to know that person but mm -hmm. if you're only um you're only staying in the image of what that looks like you patting yourself on the back like yeah i'm doing it mm -hmm. and i was one i was a woman i was that wife i feel like i'm doing everything i'm supposed to be doing until my husband came to me and said you're not safe oh like, man what you mean I ain't safe? <laughs> what you what you mean, Michael? What you mean I'm not safe? I got your back. I'm 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 you come home to a clean house, you got a wife that cooks, I'm not ripping and running in the streets, hmm. you know. I love God. I'm doing I'm like, what do you mean I'm not safe? And he's like, emotionally, I don't feel safe with you because why? Because when we were going through things, you would go over there and talk to your mom them about it instead of just talking to me. Mm. Or giving me the space and place to say, when I'm ready to talk, just let me talk. But you wanted to vent and you went outside of our house. So even though you were that good wife and you were you wasn't cheating on me, you weren't doing this and this and the other, emotionally, 
I, I'm on reserve because I don't have no place to lay. I don't have the place to put my emotions because you're not safe. That is so deep. And that is that I think Tiffany, that the way you broke love down as it relates to marital, there's a few things that you said that, that embodies love or what we should be looking for in receiving and giving when it comes to love, right? You talked about these conditions, right? How we have all these conditions that come up and these tests that come up. And when you think about it, that's the same thing that was happening in your marriage and my marriage and many marriages. We had these conditions that we put on ourselves. If we meet the condition of cleaning, if we meet the condition of cooking, if we meet the condition of sex, if we meet the condition of looking good, we had those own con our own conditions that we were checking the box of, and those conditions had nothing to do with what our husbands actually needed, right? right. And so when we think about that in our intimate relationships with our husbands, you know, with our fiancés, with our boyfriends that we hope to be our husbands, we have to pause and ask ourselves, did we create a list of conditions that at the end of the day don't matter? Now, I'm not saying that these conditions are important, right? It makes me think about uh, the historical account of the sisters, Martha and Mary, when Jesus came to their house, right? It was important that food was prepared. It was important that the house was clean. It was important that people had a place to sit and that they were comfortable. But was what was most important was hearing the King of Kings himself speaking, right? What was most important right. was sitting at the feet of Jesus and ceasing everything instead of having this checkbox of conditions that needed to be met. And I think that oftentimes in our intimate relationships on our journey to the altar. Okay, hold on. I got to write that down. I'm sorry. Sorry, y'all. Y'all know how my brain works sometimes. Okay. On the journey to the altar, right? We, we are setting up these conditions in our minds as men and as women that these boxes must be checked in order for our marriages or our relationships to be successful. But if we really get down to the basis of it, Tiffany, you said it, love is safe. Love is safe. Like that literally like almost brought tears to my eyes when you said that, because when we think about it, what we want in our relationships, be it with our husbands, with our parents, with our children, with each other, right, is to be safe. To be safe in our growing places, right? To be safe in who we are in this very moment, you know, where, where we still have to be pruned, where we still have to grow up, where we still have to mature, right, Tiffany? You talked about that, your love with your husband maturing from when you married him till today. Right. We want to be safe right where we are and right as we are. Safe enough to grow, safe enough to ask questions, safe enough to fall and to fail. But knowing that because the standard of our love is based on what God said and not what the world said, that even if I had to cut ties with you, right, because our values didn't align, I can still love you and I can still honor you and I can still respect you without making you jump through these hurdles and complete these tests and these obstacle course. I can still love you with the love of God 
and you still feel safe with me even if our relationship changes i think that that was just so powerful tiffany i had to write that down that love is safe love is safe that's good that right like that just ah uh, that just did something to my heart that love is safe and and i i don't tiffany i was over here just chuckling because when you were talking about the test girl come on <laughs> jerry you know like we all know all these tests like like who who was it in the bible um was it gideon when he's like oh hey god don't don't let um don't let the moisture be be let the grass be wet and not the fabric on the grass right like we have all, okay the next day okay let the fabric be wet and not the grass like we put all these conditions and we keep moving the meter but in this day like if we look around all we have to do is look at what's happening in the world and all we got to do is pause and know that people are in need of love they are in need of genuine love right. i'm not saying be a doormat for anybody but that was a song, right? What the world needs now yeah. is love. Sweet, right? We really need love, but we also have to understand that love ain't no punk. Love it's doesn't not. always come in a whisper, right? Love doesn't always come in a, oh, it's okay. Love can come, you know, with me screaming at you to wake you up and get your attention. Love, love can be violent. And I don't mean violent in a way of somebody putting their hands on you, but violent in the way that if I have to scream to get your attention, to snatch you out of like a trance or, you know, just deception, then I'm going to do what I got to do. But just because Tough I'm love. yelling doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means that the message had to come a different way. Right. That's good. That's good. Because love shows up in different ways. Yes. Sometimes it shows up as protection. Sometimes it shows up as screaming, hey, don't do that. Sometimes it shows up as soft and cuddly. It just depends on the situation. Yes. Um, that kind of reminds me of earlier. Me and my husband kind of celebrated our Valentine's Day today because we both worked on Tuesday. And so today we went to the shoe store because if you don't know, my husband loves shoes. Um, and so we found ourselves in a shoe store and he was looking at some shoes and he was trying to figure out if he was going to get it or not. He was like, and I was like, okay, you're going to get it. He was like, mm, no, because I want the other shoes, the voodoo shoes. I said, hold up, wait a minute. I said, babe, can we not get the voodoo shoes? Like, <laughs> on the inside. Can we not? <laughs> on the inside, I was like, oh, the blood of Jesus, what is happening? No, not voodoo, right? And so what what God is teaching me is how to love my husband in the way that my husband understands. So I simply yeah. just said, babe, can we not get the voodoo shoes? So he was explaining me. He was like, yeah, they're by this person. Da, da, da. I was like, okay. But let's not do voodoo, okay? He was like, okay, and then we love. And so love looks like that. Love looks like I don't have to speak in tongues in the middle of DTR because my husband said voodoo shoes. Love simply just says, hey, can we can we get something else? Period. Right. <laughs> and so I think that we have to um, learn when it comes to love, we have to learn how to love the people in our lives the way that they need to be loved. Because can y'all just imagine if I was in the middle of DTLR with all these other people and I just started praying out loud, my husband would have been like, wait, what's happening? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. understand. 
<laughs> right? And so it didn't really need all that. It just needed a conversation. Sometimes all it takes is a conversation. Sometimes it may take a couple of conversations and that's okay too. But we have to learn how to love the people in our lives where they are now. Yeah. Not where we want them to be, not how we want them to be, but where they are now. So I think that's really important. It is so important. And tonight, uh, well, I got to stop saying tonight because when we post the podcast, it's not night. You can say tonight. On the podcast today. Oh, my God. <laughs> we are talking about love. We are recording it at night, but we are talking about love. And whether you are listening to this at night or during the day, our hope is that you know that love is safe, that you know that love does not require you to jump through hurdles and hoops, whether it's in an intimate relationship, whether it's in a platonic relationship, that love is safe. And this podcast is called Dear Christian Black Girls, right? That is the audience that we are targeting, Black Christian women who oftentimes are told, right, in different ways that we are not worthy of love. Right. Right? That we we are just worthy of the scraps that somebody decides to give us, uh, that we are only worthy of, you know, the the bare minimum. If we're being honest, like oftentimes that is the the portrayal that black women are worthy of so much less than any other person. But I just want to pause for a second and tell you, Black girl, Black woman, that you are deserving of the kind of love that God says you should have. Nothing less. If you are looking for a standard, it is the love of God. And one of the things that we can pause with, I think you talked about it, Tiffany, about those, those hoops and those hurdles and those tests. And I do believe that the reason why we have people go through these hoops and these hurdles and these tests is because we have not experienced love ourselves. We haven't experienced the true authentic love. And the reason why I say that is because when I think about our youngest son, Chris, right, he's, he's, he's a giant, literally, okay, he's a, he's a college football player, he stands about six foot three, he is a giant. But this kid's heart is so pure and he's so kind and he's so gentle that when he meets other people, he automatically assumes the best in them right? He automatically assumes the best in them. Now, thank God for my husband that has taught the kid, you know, a thing or two. So he ain't, he ain't wet behind the ears, but he <laughs> automatically, right? He ain't no punk now. You ain't going to get that. You know what I'm saying? But he automatically assumes the best in people. And I think that when you have experienced real love, you automatically assume the best in people and you lead with your best, right? You lead without hoops and without hurdles. Like you said, Tiffany, you're just genuine. You're authentic and you show up exactly that way. And I think the reason why we have these tests that we continue to put people through is because there is still a place in us that has to be healed and it has to be nurtured it has to be mentored and it has to be cultivated in love so that when we represent ourselves to the world, right? When we present, represent ourselves that we're walking in a mature love and a love that is maturing. 
That's really good. Um, I really like how you said, as as Christian Black girls, sometimes we don't feel like it's okay to love. Um, And that's a real thing. Uh, because we've been told that if if we show love, like, especially if you're single, you've been told that if you show love in this type of way, you know, you might be sending the wrong message. If you're married, it's just a whole thing, right? But God says we're free to love. God says, like, the greatest of these is love. So that's yep. the standard, right? That's the standard. That's the standard. Love is the foundation of everything else so marriage love is the foundation i know people want to say that love is not enough and you need more and i agree to an extent but love is the foundation because if we take away love then you just that's just a friend you have a sex with pretty much period pretty much and so we and we also have to define what love is because like I said, different people from different backgrounds got different definitions. But this is Dear Christian Black Girl. We only have one definition for love, and it's 1 Corinthians 13. That's it. And 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 talk about that, right? It, it's, it's, girl, we got like five minutes to our podcast. But uh, that's I know. It. There's no time limit. It but- is, it is like when it comes to Christian women, Dear Christian Black Girl, we cannot subscribe to other definitions of love. Like, we can't do that because we are then in error. We are in error. Like, our love should look like 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm not saying that that crap happens overnight. Not crap. It's not crap. Sorry, Lord. I'm not saying that 1 Corinthians 13 type of love happens overnight. Tiffany said it, right? We, we mature into that kind of love we mature from the hoops and the hurdles we put ourselves through and other people through we mature into that kind of love and that's the teaching of the holy spirit and the sanctification and the purification of the holy spirit that gets us there where we're able to love what you say tiff without did you say without um without conditions yeah that's mature. That's maturity. And we should we should set our sights on maturing. You know what I wanted to share? I, I thought this was so beautiful. When I think about the love of God, and that's where we, we started at last week, right? We started at, at the love of God and how important it is. But there's a scripture in Jeremiah 31, verse 3. And it says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Y'all. God himself says that. that he loves us with an everlasting love, right? A love that is constant and boundless and without end. Like God's love is unrelenting and it's perpetual. And he says that it's his love for us that draws us to him. So if we were made in the image of God and we we set ourselves on becoming love as uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 said, and we begin to look at our husbands and our children and our nieces and our nephews and our mothers and our fathers and those in our community, do you know how many people we would be able to draw with true love? That's it, I'm off my soapbox. 
but listen, let's go back a little bit. Let's let's. So we talked about First Corinthians thirteen, but I'm not gonna assume that everybody knows what that is, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna assume that everybody understands what it means. So let me just let me just read a little a little bit, and I'm gonna read it from the NLT version. So. Okay. Verse one says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Ooh, that got some of us right there. Uh, It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, the partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Let's talk about the blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole love blueprint in that scripture. Like literally, like to the point to where I feel like we all need to have a copy and put it in our purse, a pocket, and just be li- walking it around and like, okay, love is <laughs> nope, it ain't this, uh, uh-uh. uh, nope, that ain't it, because that was the blueprint that that scripture literally told you what love is and what it's not, and it was clear. And very clear and very clear and very specific to exactly what love is like. That was the blueprint. So that means that we now cannot say, well, we don't know. We don't know what love is. We may not have experienced it, but we do have a blueprint to let us know what it should look like and what it should not look like. So that means that the example we received from our parents because like i was what when takisha was talking about um little chris and talking about how he he has experienced real love you know he has grown up in the house with two loving and amazing parents and so of course when he goes out into the world he just assumes that everybody has had this experience and that was funny because that's the first thing that i talk about in my book was that that's how i viewed life I had a loving, my daddy was, you know, he was young, you know, when he 
when I was born, but still, he was an amazing father. He loved me. He's very hands-on. My family is a loving family. Like, we ain't perfect, but we love one another very, very much. And so I didn't, I didn't, all that strifing and people backstabbing, families backstabbing each other and all of that, I didn't know what that looked like because me and my family, we came together. We barbecuing. We, they playing dominoes. We having a good time together. It was always my family. So when I came into the world and I got exposed to other people that was outside of my family, I it didn't make any sense that you didn't know what it was to feel love or have a hug from your grandmother or, you know, deal with rejection or abandonment. I didn't understand how that felt until I actually experienced it. And once I experienced it, it changed the view of what love was yep. it in a way it became unsafe it became kind of a you know kind of like a side eye like I don't, I don't know about this because what i experienced growing up in the home with my dad and my granny was not what i continued to experience throughout life but i came out into the world with like you know just running through the tube, it's like we're everything every day is a sunshiny day and just smelling like some fresh linen fabric softener and I'm we just everything is great. <laughs> that was real specific though. Everything is great. <laughs> and 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 I wonder how many of us have that that whole portrait of what love is in our home. But really if they really kind of just measured up love, the love that they're receiving to what the Bible says and what the word of God says of what love is, how many of us will really see that we're not experiencing real love? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. We would learn that. And like you said, Tiffany, it's the blueprint. It's the blueprint of what we should be expecting and it's the blueprint of what we should be giving. Right. It's the blueprint. And so tonight we've been talking about love. We've been talking about love is, love is. And tonight we've been talking about relationship love, whether it's with your husband and your boyfriend, or your wife, if you're a man that's gonna be listening to this or your girlfriend, um, love and friendships what love is, what love is not. And at the end of the day, we want to you to know that love is safe. And if you want to know what safety looks like, Jerry read it for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's what love looks like. That is safe love. That is matured love. And our goal should always be to go there, to go to yeah. safety, to go to God, because the Bible tells us that God is love. This has been a great conversation, ladies. Yeah, I have enjoyed this conversation so, 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 so much. Uh, like, love is one of my favorite topics just in general, but for us to, like, break it down, I have really enjoyed this. Me too, me too. And thank you for those of you who joined us live in the room tonight. We really appreciate it. You all can find our podcast all over every place that podcasts are streamed. Dear Christian Black Girl is now an international pod, international, I sounded like Medea, international <laughs> podcast, okay? 
and we are now three deep. Okay, we 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 went from a duo to a trio, and I'm yes. so excited about. We got our girl Tiffany, um, the president and CEO of New Voice Books, on as our co-host now. So listen, be on the lookout. We will be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But next again, Thursday, if you are catching Tuesday. this next Thursday. Thursday, why did I say Tuesday? Thursday. <laughs> But you can listen on a Tuesday on the podcast. And can. And can. You can listen on the Monday. You know, I was about to start singing Mary J. Blige. Go ahead and wrap this up, Jerry, because I'm I'm about to go. What is happening? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. I I don't don't understand what just happened. But okay. So, yes, ladies, we have enjoyed this conversation on tonight. Um, If you want to know... Uh, if you want to be a guest on Dear Christian Black Girl, if you have some suggestions about topics that you want us to talk about, send us an email at dearchristianblackgirl at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If not, we will see y'all next Thursday at 8 p.m. right here back on Clubhouse. Um, if you're not on the Clubhouse app, if you're listening to this on one of our podcast platforms, the episode will be uploaded the following day at 12 noon all right y'all that's all we got for tonight love y'all bye 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 love y'all bye